welcome to Career Bits, the weekly podcast of the University Career Center at UNC Charlotte. We're concluding our spotlight series on career communities this week with a look at our social impact, education, and nonprofit career community. So if you're passionate about solving social problems, influencing change, addressing legal issues, and supporting underserved communities and working with children, youth, and families, this might be the career path for you if you want to become an advocate, educator, policymaker, or counselor working in the social impact, education, and nonprofit worlds. We have interviews coming up with folks here on campus, a student involved in the area who can give you some insight into what to expect, as well as employer partners in the community and our own career coaches. So let's get started. Happy to welcome to Career Bits, Dr. Tom Barth, Director of the Master of Public Administration Program at UNC Charlotte. Dr. Barth, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Jay. Absolutely. We're glad to have you here as we talk about our social impact education and nonprofit career community. And what I wanted to talk with you is just from the, the outset, if students are considering a major or professional direction in one of those fields, what are just some things that they should consider in terms of what they're going to be studying and how they can be successful in the classroom? Sure. So, you know, at the graduate level, you know, we offer a master in public administration, but with a concentration in nonprofit management. And that's really a respond, Jay, to the increasing importance of nonprofit organizations being run uh, by, by professionals and in a, in a sound business manner. And so what we really pr- provide an opportunity is for students who have a, a passion for public service and who want to be involved in an agency which is serving a, um, a public servant mission, public service mission. And that could be anywhere from, you know, uh, human service organizations, for example, in town, there would be crisis assistance ministries as provides a lot of income assistance to people in crisis. Um, Loaves and fishes, which is the, the food pantry that distributes food to needy populations in the area, but it also could be environmental nonprofits, um, or it could be emergency management uh, oriented nonprofits. So it covers a long range of areas. But basically, what we're about to do, and what I think, if a if a student wants to become a, a manager in a nonprofit organization, is just learning how to run an efficient and effective organization, where donors, you know, nonprofits are supported by donations and by grants and by foundations, where they feel like it's a good investment of their money and these nonprofits are making a, a real difference and impact in their, you know, client population. So obviously that's great advice as students prepare to, to go into the curriculum and work through it, but what kinds of things can students participate in and should they be participating in to augment that experience outside of the classroom? Yeah. Outside of the classroom, I think the best thing you can do is, is volunteer. Uh, you know, there's, there's, hundreds, if not thousands of nonprofits out in our community. And, um, you know, I'd suggest that they, you know, think about what they're passionate about. You know, what sort of uh, public service area do they really uh, care about the most? And identify, you know, go on the web and, and, and do a search and take a look and see, um, you know, what sort of nonprofit sort of fits their, their passions and start volunteering. I mean, that's the best way. Um, and see what they do, hand, you know, up front, hands-on. And then go from there. And oftentimes there's opportunities to serve on, on committees, you know, and ultimately serve on a board of a nonprofit. But, but I think that volunteer experience is, is, the, is the best thing. Um, in fact, the executive director in our community of uh, 
Christ Assistance Ministries, Carol Hardison, she worked in IT for Duke Energy for many years, but she found herself spending all of her free time volunteering for nonprofits. And she realized, you know, that really was what her passion was. And so she took her skills there and now she's the full-time, you know, executive director. So do you recommend students try out a, a multiple kinds of volunteer opportunities to you know, kind of see what the lay of the land is and find where their niche might be? Sure. And, you know, and that could be also through student organizations on campus as well. Um, but of course, you know, I wouldn't spread yourself too thin. You got to be careful. We always tell students, you know, your priority has to be your, you know, your grades. You want to be, you want to excel in the classroom and because, you know, people want to see um, recommendations from faculty and that it shows that, you know, these are, these are serious students. So, so I, I wouldn't stretch yourself too thin, but get involved in, you know, in a, in a nonprofit or maybe two um, and see what you think about that world. You brought up a good point there about the relationship with faculty, particularly when it comes into uh, pursuing graduate programs like yours and things like that. What, what are some good tips for students in the undergraduate side to help build those relationships with faculty outside of the classroom? Well, you know, one thing you can certainly do is, um, I should say, do an internship. And internships typically there's an internship coordinator usually in most departments in our campus. And so I would say step number one might be becoming familiar with that internship coordinator because the, you know, that's the other part I didn't mention other than volunteer. You can often in, uh, do a four credit internship at a nonprofit in the community. So that's really important. But I think, I think besides that, I think faculty generally, you know, they want to see a spark in their students. And so, you know, you can have smart students who can do the work, but those students who who stand out as having a real interest and a passion for the topic, and you know that could be anything from, you know, going to uh, speakers and special events that the faculty or the departments hosting, to just dropping in at office hours and and talking to the faculty, getting to know, know them a little bit outside of the classroom. A lot of faculty get pretty lonely in their office hours, quite honestly. So I, I would suggest that. That's an excellent point. I, I used to remember going to see some faculty when I was in college or whatever, and they are always so excited to see someone. I think that's one of the things that we, we try to talk to students about is that showing that extra little bit of interest will, will really put you on somebody's radar. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, and we, we talk a lot about, in fact, I'm teaching a class this summer on professionalism and professional development in public administration. And one of the things that you constantly hear from the speakers that we have in the community is that, you know, if you're just going to class and going home, you're not really taking advantage of the full university experience. Um, and so really uh, think about uh, exploring and getting involved in something outside of the classroom, sort of consistent with the point about, you know, going, going putting some time aside to go talk to your faculty. And because so much of our world right now is online and virtual in nature, it looks like it's going to be that way for the time being for a while. How would you recommend students go about engaging in those kind of activities when they're having to do it distance? Yeah, well, I think, um, you know, because one of the key things there is making sure you have the technology. And I think, um, you know, that's the first thing. And But obviously, um, these days, yeah, chances are you're going to be meeting with someone via Zoom or via, via the various platforms. And so it really be, really be uh, important for you to, you know, within your financial means to make sure you have the best technology you have 
and then also I think explore all the different platforms and become comfortable with them. Um, and 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 the other part of that, by the way, is just like you got to be careful how you impress people in person. Think about that in Zoom as well, you know, and present yourself in a professional way on those Zooms. Um, but there's lots of opportunities out there. Um, you know, that's the one thing I would say to you about uh, the one advantage of what's happening in society now is there's so much access out there via these uh, remote platforms that are some in, in a lot easier than having to go to things in person. So, you know, take full advantage. Absolutely. So if students are going to consider a graduate program like the Master of Public Administration or really any graduate program, what are some things besides keeping the grades up that are going to look good as they enter into that application process? Yeah, and I think it's it's what I mentioned. I think it's certainly grades. You know, we need to see the difference with a grad level is you've got to maintain a 3.0 to be eligible in grad school versus a 2.0 in undergrad. So we obviously the best thing you do is make sure you have at least that 3.0 really important. They want to see that. Um, But I also think, as I said before, internships are really impressive because it shows that you're really, um, you know, committed uh, to this particular area. So I think we look at that. Uh, Again, we look very carefully at faculty references. And this goes back again to establishing that relationship with a faculty member. You know, we'll get students who will say, well, you know, I never got to know my, my, my faculty member. And so I'm not comfortable asking him for a reference, well, you got to understand that you're going to be asked for that when you apply for grad school. So another reason for developing those relationships with the faculty. Um, So I think it's really a combination of good grades. I think, you know, being able to secure good letters from faculty, I think good internship experience really, really helps. And of course, you know, um, there is the, there is that topic of the GRE. So we've been, we've been, um, you know, requiring the GRE up until now, we've suspended that because of COVID. But a lot of these graduate programs, you know, may require the GRE. So I think if you have time to take the GRE, especially if you're in your junior or senior year, um, that can be helpful as well. Fantastic. Dr. Barth, tell folks how they can learn more about your program and maybe connect with you if they have other questions. Sure. So we got a great website, uh, mpa.uncc.edu, and you'll see um, all kinds of information there on what we're doing uh, in the program, profiles of our faculty, our students, and our alumni. Um, But the most important thing they can do is, you know, I love talking to prospective students. And so people feel free to call uh, to contact me uh, at my uh, email address. It's on my website, but at tbarth1 at uncc.edu, and I'll be happy to set up a session to talk to you about the program. Happy to welcome into Career Bits Madison Ingram, a junior at UNC Charlotte majoring in child and family development, who to talk a little bit about the student academic experience. Madison, thanks for being on Career Bits. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to talk about education. It's something I just love talking about. Well, let's start with that. Talk a little bit about your own process of how you chose education as the field you wanted to go into and the things you've done in your freshman and sophomore year that have helped you prepare as you're launching into now the the pre-professional part of your career. Well, I think it's the same with a lot of people who go into education is that we were kind of 
we kind of feel like we were just born to be teachers. You know, I always played um, teacher and I always played school when I was younger with my stuffed animals and my dolls and stuff. And then when I got into high school, I was kind of thinking, no, I don't want to be a teacher. I don't want to be a teacher. It doesn't pay enough. But then I realized that children are my passion. And my passion is that one day every child in the world will receive an equitable quality education. And so um, I think once you realize that passion, it's just like, it just clicks into into place. I'd say that what I've done in my freshman and sophomore years to kind of jumpstart myself into being ready to be a teacher is just getting as much experience with kids as I can. Kids of all ages, of all races, of just all different backgrounds. And, you know, working with kids with special needs because whether you are majoring in special education or not, you're going to be around kids who have mild special needs. That's just the fact of the matter. And so I've familiarized myself with um, kids with special needs, with kids from low-income backgrounds who live in higher-income neighborhoods. So I've really had a diverse experience at Charlotte and in my personal life. And so talk a little bit about the the things that you've been involved in as a student that have accented your academic experience outside of the classroom and really reinforced that this was what you want to do. Well, something that I love about UNC Charlotte is that we spend so much time in schools with our classes. And then there are also a lot of clubs and organizations on our campus that are dedicated to education. And um, there's one called Best Buddies, where you are paired with a kid in the um, Charlotte Mecklenburg system who has special needs. And you're just their best buddy, basically. And there's also just different, um, like, fraternities that you can join and honor societies that you can join for education. And also just the Charlotte Mecklenburg system in general is really open to having volunteers and uh, substitute teachers and things like that. And so as someone who's participated in those things, what's something that surprised you most about that volunteer experience and getting to see education in action as you were? Like, I love to tell this story about myself personally. I was an education major for a whole day. So I really have a heart for people that can do this because I observed one class and was like, that is not what I want to do. I just, it just wasn't what you know, I was wanting to get into. And I was so thankful that I've had that experience early on that before I you know, got to the end. But obviously, you, you've gone way past that and are you know, totally bought. So what was it about seeing that put in action that made it really hit home for you? Well, I didn't grow up in the public school system. I actually grew up at a private school. And so I always had like a different view of what public school looked like. But then as soon as I got into a classroom my first semester of freshman year, I realized that it was a lot different. And I realized that each teacher is different. But now we're seeing more and more teachers who are so passionate about what they do. I felt like when I was in school, it was more like teaching was just a job. But I've really seen now that like teaching is a lifestyle. And I think that really surprised me that things were so different and people just ran their classrooms so differently. And but at the end of the day, like it's just to benefit the student. And um, I was really surprised by that. So if a student uh, is listening to this who's new to UNC Charlotte and they're considering a fee, uh, a career in education, what are some questions that they should be able to uh, you know, ask themselves and answer affirmatively to make sure that that's a good fit for them? Oh, the first one absolutely is, do I have a passion for kids? Because, you know, it's no secret that 
teachers don't get paid a lot. And so you have to say, are the intrinsic rewards greater than the extrinsic rewards? You know, when you see that light bulb moment in a kid, when they finally understand a concept, or, you know, when you see that a child who's more uh, closed off really starts opening up, like those are the kind of things that you have to say, this is so much greater than being able to afford like a designer purse, you know? And so you definitely need to ask yourself, do I have a passion for this? Because if not, you're really going to get burned out. You also need to be ready for not really having as many tests and more, your classes are going to be more about experience. And so if you're okay with that, if that's something you love, then I definitely recommend going into education because we don't have as many tests and quizzes and we don't read as many books that, you know, we have to remember facts and stuff about. Ours is more about experience. How can you deal with this situation? How would you deal with this if you were a teacher right now kind of thing? That's fabulous. Madison, thank you so much for providing some insight from the student's perspective here on Career Bits for other students. Tell folks things that, that you would recommend they do to get involved, stay involved and connect here at UNC Charlotte. Well, I think that um, staying involved in clubs and, and um, organizations are like a great way to plug yourself in. And I think that um, UNC Charlotte is very diverse, not just in the way people look, but also the way people act, the way people believe. And I think it's so important to just plug yourself in with people who are different from you, especially if you want to go into education, because no one's going to be the same there. And you have to be ready to uh, see so many different sides and perspectives. And so I think getting involved in organizations that you're uh, comfortable with, but also that you're uncomfortable with is something really awesome to do. Welcome into Career Bits now. Mandy Couch, the manager for partnerships and impact with the Goodwill Industries of Southern Piedmont. Mandy, thanks for being on Career Bits. Hey, no problem. Happy to be here. So, Mandy, we've been talking to different people across campus on this episode of Career Bits and people outside of campus as well about ways students can get themselves prepared for and involved in the social impact education and nonprofit world. And obviously, that is something you're very passionate about and worked in even when you were on campus here. What are some of the, the best strategies you've seen of students who do make a good wow. successful transition into that professional world? What are things that they do? You know, I think one of the best ways that a student can get started or get involved is through volunteer work ahead of time. You can try out different functional areas within, you know, organizations that are doing social impact work. And you can learn about different issues because, you know, you may think you have a passion for housing, but the way that that problem is approached or the way that certain work in a certain organization, uh, you know, tackles that issue, it may not align with, you know, what you're interested in, and you won't know that until you're there. So I suggest volunteering and volunteering at various places. I think that's great advice, Mandy. And I wanted to kind of flip that around too and say, besides volunteering, because we we hear that a lot, and I think students interested in this know that, what are things though that they need to be reading about? And what are places they need to get their information from in order to stay up on current trends in the area? So there are different um, organizations in the Charlotte region, but probably any region where a student wants to work that are looking at the big picture of these things. Um, one actually is on your campus. So the Urban Institute is a great resource for this type of stuff. You can look at what are some of the issues affecting our area. And it, it goes to the larger region, which we call um, 
the Piedmont Crescent. And um, so they have a lot of good articles on their blog and a lot of studies that they put out. Also, um, the Charlotte Regional Alliance, NC Works. Um, and you can, you know, if you don't really know where to look, you can just put in kind of some keywords into uh, Google and look at news articles and, you know, put in North Carolina housing inequality, North Carolina workforce development, and just see what types of organizations are out there or what type of news trends people are reporting on. Then you can go to the sources in those articles to get more and better information um, to inform yourself about the bigger picture of these things. And Mandy, finally, we, we know the kind of personality type that, and, and drive that people have to have to want to work in this space, but what are some auxiliary skills or other skills that you would recommend students who are coming through college now build for themselves as they prepare to enter the space? So I, I think that, you know, we think about a certain personality type and a certain skill set that goes with this type of work because most people, I think, think social worker or you know helper type, but actually I work in the function of data analysis, and so I think that you can use really any skill set in the social impact arena. I do think personally, as a person who is a data analyst, that that is a good skill to have because right much of this work depends on donations or government funding, and you need to be able to be a good steward of those funds and get the most impactful outcomes out of your programs with the resources that you have. And so if you don't understand some of the data work and inputs and outputs, you may not know how to do that uh, effectively. Or, you know, another way to think about how data um, analysis skills will help, it can help you identify problems or populations to target. And that way, you know, you're not just throwing the spaghetti at the wall with your program and hoping people just come to you. You can know who to reach and in what ways. Um, other skills, just any kind of general business and leadership skills. I think that, you know, sometimes we prepare people for the passion and for the advocacy, but we don't pair, prepare people for the administrative work that comes along with this. I mean, any job is a job. You're going to have human resources and budgeting and performance plans and those sorts of things. And so if you want to not only work in this arena, but eventually work towards leadership, it helps to go ahead and have, you know, some of those skills in your back pocket and it can kind of, you know, give you a shortcut to a path to success. Mandy, that's fabulous. Thank you so much for coming on Career Bits. Tell folks how they can connect with you on LinkedIn. Sure. You can find me on LinkedIn. My name is Mandy Couch and you can also email me. My email is mandy.couch at goodwillsp.org. Welcome on to Career Bits. Andrea Gradick, Volunteer and Community Engagement Associate with Communities and Schools Charlotte-Mecklenburg. Andrew Ladd, Vice President for Planning and Agency Partnerships with Communities and Schools of Charlotte-Mecklenburg. Thank you for being a part of Career Bits. Thank you for having me, Jay. Thank you, Jay, for asking us to be a part of this. So I want to talk with you specifically about your organization and your role in 
securing volunteer and community engagement folks as a part of that. Um, we've heard from a number of different experts on campus and off campus that say, you know, volunteering is really a great way to get into the social impact education and nonprofit fields. But I wanted to hear from someone who coordinates those volunteers. What is it you look for in volunteers and how can volunteers elevate themselves to where they may be in line for other opportunities that are more permanent down the line? Yeah, I think the first thing we look for is really intentionality, right? If you want to be involved um, with any sort of organization, you have to be intentional about, you know, believing in that mission, um, just being intentional about anything that you do. So, for instance, for communities and schools, we serve our students and families. So you really have to have a passion for serving students and families, meeting students where they are, um, just really being willing to just jump in and jump at it when, you know, when asked. Um, a lot of our volunteers, we do have a few volunteers from UNC Charlotte, um, and they have sent emails saying, hey, we just want to be involved. We want to mentor a student. Um, we want to help write essays. And that goes a long way. And they realize that once they just hit that first touch point, they end up just doing a lot of things. Um, and our community engagement department really depends on, you know, some of those volunteers to help some of our programs run. What are some things that students need to do while they're in classes and things that they need to pay attention to, read about, and stay up on and current with in order to uh, know that they're going in the right direction if they want to enter into the space? So, Jay, we like to describe our program as a cross between education and human services. And so while we are a nonprofit uh, human service organization, we're working in the um, footprint of a school system. Um, many of and the majority of our staff work in elementary, middle and high school settings working with those students, helping them be successful in any way that they can. In addition to working with the students, they're connected with the parents and helping parents navigate through what can be sometimes a very difficult um, life experience. And so as a person who's working in human service, as a person who is connected with the education piece, you have to know what the issues are. So for families, we know that families are struggling. We know that kids have difficulties with academics. We know that families are dealing with just paying the rent sometimes. And so you as a professional, be a person coming out of Johnson C. Smith or UNC Charlotte or Queens or Pfeiffer or any of our wonderful institutions who are interested in going into the field of social work and human services and education certainly need to know and have a sense of how all of those are connected. How do you keep your volunteers motivated and how do people who work professionally in the space keep yourself you going forward and pushing forward when sometimes it, it is rolling a rock up a hill? Yeah, that's a great question, Jay. I think first, um, you know, they're always saying like the helper never really helps themselves. So our our organization, Communities and Schools in general, has done a great job of providing self-care for staff. Um, so that looks like, you know, having a therapist come in to allow our staff to really just talk about some of the things that are hard. Um, because oftentimes we do take whatever is happening with a student and we take it personal. And you don't just have one student. You can have up to 80 to 100 
students. Um, so that's 80 to 100 unique stories. Um, so being able to have that professional help and that outlet um, and really encouraging self-care within our staff is essential to the work. Um, also for volunteers, we try to do our best of uplifting our volunteers to thank them, um, just providing opportunities for them to professionally grow as well, because a lot of our volunteers, this may be the first opportunity that they are working with a student. So we try to provide them with professional development articles that can help them with their students. Um, we also have a very intense training um, that goes in through goes through everything that they need. Um, and of course, it's a learning experience. So once you get on the job, what you learned in training may not be exactly how it's presented, but um, we try our best to be there to support our volunteers um, through every situation. We know that some of the situations and um, uh, circumstances did not happen overnight. So they're, they're not going to be overturned overnight. Also, it's not important that I make them like me because uh, my experience may be different. But it's important that we listen to our students, that we listen to our parents, and we ask them, what are your goals? What would you like to see happen for your, for your child in school? You want them to be successful, obviously, because we know they're sending to us the very best that they have. And so as they send to us the very best that they have, we know that they have some ideas and some thoughts in their minds as to where they'd like that student to land. So they want them to be promoted to the next grade. They want them to attend school every day. They want them to be academically proficient. They want them to eventually graduate and hopefully move on to post-secondary education or military where they can get a skill Everybody doesn't have to go to a four-year college, but everyone needs to have a marketable skill. So we have great community colleges. We have great four-year institutions. So we need to really think about and work with parents around what their desires are. Because parents also have needs. So they may have a need for a better job. They may have a need for better living arrangement. They may have a, a need for uh, a hobby. And so we, it's important for us to listen, to take that in, to help them develop short-term, six months, longer-term goals, and work with them around trying to achieve those. So it's not about what we think they ought to do, but it's about what they want to do and how we and other partners, I don't want to lose that piece, because we as an organization can't do it and we don't do it alone. So we work with a host of organizations and agencies in our community that, that bring to bear a host of resources and services. When we're talking to students about the things they need to do to present themselves as candidates, we, we often talk about how to put their volunteer experience on resumes. But from your point of view, what makes those experiences really stand out and makes you want to ask them more questions about it, talk more with them about it? Yeah, I think one thing that, you know, I typically look for is like that leadership experience within being a volunteer. Did you pilot something? Did you lead something? Um, you know, were you the project manager behind something? Like, what did you do to step up as a leader? Um, and how did you create an impact through that volunteer role? Um, that is something that really sticks out. It's just that leadership ability within a volunteer role. Good question, Jay. And so we have a pretty robust uh, college internship program. This is where we work with UNC Charlotte and Queens and Central Piedmont and Johnson C. Smith. And we even work with some, um, some colleges across the country where students are, are going online. 
And so what I look for when we're interviewing students to be placed in our program as an intern, whether it be an undergraduate or graduate level, I look at what they have done prior to getting to my office. What kind of volunteer experience have you been involved in? Have you worked at a summer camp? Have you tutored students? Have you tutored students in languages? Have you volunteered? Those kind of uh, examples or opportunities really say to me that this student is really interested in this field and really trying to go somewhere. And it also demonstrates that they have a familiarity with working with people. And that is so important is that you're comfortable with working with people. You've been in diverse uh, situations and backgrounds. You've um, sacrificed your time in the summer, whether it's been paid and unpaid, but at least you've done it. And there's a track record to you doing this. Also, I think it's important to see how students have been involved on their campus life. So have they been involved in the Student Government Association? Have they worked on that? Have they worked on particular projects in their uh, major, in their field? Are they part of the Honor Society uh, or how have they just worked simply and gone to school and, and, and have good grades? And then what are they thinking about doing once they finish their undergraduate program? Do they already have an idea that because I'm in the field of social work, I need to go and get a master's degree or I'm not real sure and I have a place in mind that I'm thinking about going. So it's, it's really looking at their preparation as they come forth, because all of what they're doing since they leave high school really, really does count for them in the in the work environment. And what we like about doing, Jay, the um, the college internship program is that it really is a training ground for new staff. So if they come to me and they say, I like this experience, I want to heard about communities and schools, I want to see what you all do. Uh, and they've done some things, then we really let them be interviewed by our HR department for consideration for job opportunities. So we like that feeding ground. We go to UNCC's uh, field training program where we know what their field instructors are looking for. And then we go to their, their fairs as well. So we present ourselves as an agency that is interested in hiring some of their students. Thank you so much for sharing your insights with us today. Tell folks how they can learn more about communities and schools and how they can connect with you if they choose to do so. Sure. Well, you can find us on the website, Communities and Schools, uh, Charlotte Mecklenburg Incorporated. Our main number is 704-335-0601. Um, many of our staff are working remotely now, but we have uh, the capabilities to be sure that we can reach back out to folk if they're interested in volunteering. You can find out more about Communities and Schools on our Facebook page. We uh, just CIS Charlotte. Um, we also have an Instagram page as well, CIS Charlotte. Um, if you do want more information about um, opportunities that we have available, volunteer um, career opportunities, look at www.cischarlotte.org. Um, also, my contact information is on the website, um, and I'm happy to share that information with you as well, Jay, for anyone who has any questions. Excited to welcome into Career Bits now. Brooke Brown, Associate Director in the University Career Center, and Karen Arrington, Assistant Director in the University Career Center, both of whom who work closely with our social impact education and nonprofit career communities. Karen and Brooke, thanks for coming on Career Bits. Thanks for having us, Jay. Yeah, it's great to be here. So let's start with just some from the beginning side. If you're a new student coming to UNC Charlotte and you know you have a passion for 
this area of work? What are some things that you can do from the get-go, freshman year starting, that will help you prepare uh, in terms of academics and mindset for going into these fields? And then also how to choose which direction to take in this area. I think a good start is becoming acclimated with career services um, and possibly even making an appointment with Brooke or myself, um, just so we can kind of give an introduction of what our career community is focused on. And then also getting involved with student organizations. Um, Niner Engage is a good website to kind of check out and to get a feel for um, more career community focused organizations. So there's a service Um, tab that you can look through to kind of check out organizations that are tailored towards maybe the nonprofit sector, or maybe there is an organization that is focused on, you know, a particular cause that you're excited about. So getting familiar with the resources here on campus is always a good start because it's never too early um, to kind of acclimate yourself and, um, you know, start introducing yourself to the services that we offer as a career center and then also um, other on-campus departments. And many nonprofits are staffed by by staff who are really, really passionate about the nonprofit's mission. So we hear a lot from students, especially students in their first year or two in college, that they're they really want to help people or they really want to make a difference and change the world. And there's a lot of ways to do that. So I think it's really important to get started and doing volunteer work with nonprofits that you feel like have a mission that might speak to you, um, just to get more involved with with nonprofits, um, with the different uh, ways to change a community or change the world and help people. So you can really kind of hone in to find the thing that you're most passionate about. And that's great advice. So if I'm a student, I'm looking to get involved with nonprofits or in education oriented organizations, where can I find those opportunities besides Hire Niner and the Career Center? Where are some of the places to, to dig those up? So there's a website called ShareCharlotte.org, and that houses all of the Charlotte area nonprofits. And so if students want to use that as a search engine, they can go in and actually filter by the causes that they're excited about. And so again, that's ShareCharlotte.org. Also, Idealist.org is another um, search engine that helps folks look at volunteer opportunities, internship, and job opportunities. So those are two big ones for the nonprofit uh, realm. And Jay, thinking about the fact that right now, most of us are are in our homes and a lot of the ways that we used to volunteer are not really an option right now. I can't go build a Habitat for Humanity house probably because I need to to stay safe at home. Um, But I found that there are quite a few volunteer opportunities that you can do online. I really didn't expect that that was that was an area, um, but we found a number of opportunities to volunteer online with organizations like Amnesty International, uh, with crisis counseling organizations, even with the Smithsonian. Uh, in fact, uh, two weeks ago, I took a community service day from work and spent the day doing transcription work for the Smithsonian. And it was just, it was fun to do something different, um, of course, with such a large organization like the Smithsonian. Um, so that was a fun experience for me. And so just want students to know that that you can do volunteering and you can build connections with nonprofits, uh, even if even if we have to stay at home. That's excellent. And that dovetails right into my next question with 
as a student, if I'm maybe a little further along on my college career, and now I've got to start thinking about networking and things like that, how can I accomplish that when I can't get in front of somebody like I normally would, particularly for these kind of fields? It's so much about relationships and conversations. What are some good ways to facilitate those conversations and connections online or through virtual means? Yeah, I would say LinkedIn is always a great resource in terms of virtual networking. So I think it's about identifying organizations that students are excited about. And once they can identify those, do a search and look for alumni who are working um, with those particular organizations and set up a virtual informational interview. Also, we are now obviously doing virtual networking and career fairs. So paying attention to your emails to see when those events are happening, um, because like I said, we'll be transitioning into um, more of the virtual networking and career fair space. So that still gives you an opportunity or students an opportunity to be able to connect with some of those organizations. And then Brooke and I, we host a variety of networking events kind of tailored towards our career community. Um, And so even if it's, you know, a virtual platform, students will still be able to connect with folks um, that align with our career community. We, we definitely talk with students about the value of professional associations, really in any field, um, because professional associations are a great kind of uh, group of people that are in a similar field or work for a similar organization. Um, and I actually think that now with so much uh, becoming virtual, um, students actually maybe even have a better opportunity to get involved with professional associations, attend conferences, to network with people in those fields. Um, Because we've eliminated the idea of travel costs, Um, students don't have to travel, you know, and and buy a plane ticket to go to a a national conference for, you know, professionals in the nonprofit world. Uh, They can do that virtually. Um, And so those conferences are, are often still happening, but virtual now still great opportunities for students to attend sessions that are relevant uh, to them, but also find opportunities to uh, connect with professionals attending that conference. Excellent advice, Karen and Brooke. Thank you so much for being on Career Bits. Tell students and those listening how they can connect with you if they choose to do so. Sure. So students can um, visit career.uncc.edu and go to the Hire a Niner tab. And once they click the Hire a Niner tab, they can log in with their UNC Charlotte login credentials. And from there, um, under quick links, that's where they would go to make an appointment. And they would just need to make sure that they were um, registered with our career community so that they see both of our names. And so from there, they would um, go in and select make an appointment with my career coach um, to discuss um, the the our social impact education nonprofit areas. You'll also find Karen and I hosting a number of career meetups uh, uh, each semester now. Uh, career meetups, if you haven't been involved, are small group, kind of informal, largely virtual uh, conversations around specific topics. And so Karen and I will be doing meetups on topics like uh, finding a helping career, uh, doing a nonprofit job search, uh, being a child life specialist, Um, We'll be conducting them some ourselves, and we'll also be involving industry professionals and helping uh, communicate with students about, about getting involved. Thank you for listening to this episode of Career Bits. You can follow the happenings of the Career Center at career.uncc.edu or on social media at Niner Careers. We hope you've learned a lot about the social impact, education, and nonprofit career community and have enjoyed our Career Community Spotlight Series. Continue to join us here for more episodes of Career Bits in the coming weeks. Talk to you soon.